Soccer FM is written and produced by Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw and is in association with pieandbovro.com. Welcome to Soccer FM, Scotland's funniest football podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and you, David McCracken. Hello. Coming up on this week's show, we have a full rundown of this weekend in the SPFL. We have another Where Are They Now? And we catch up with Ray Bradshaw, who's in Australia. Hey, thank you very much for everyone who's got in touch over the past week or so. At Scott Soccer FM, if you want to tweet us, remember. And we also have our own forum on pieandbottle.com. And we're on Facebook too. Just search for Soccer FM and give us a like and post any comments you want up there as well. So, David McCracken, you're my co-host for this week. Welcome along. Thank, Thank you very you. much for Thanks doing this. For having me. Uh, no problem at all. You were on a few weeks ago uh, yep. doing a Where Are They Now? And uh, I thought you'd retired. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You've not retired. Uh, we'll get on to the Dunfermline Falker game, obviously, which I don't want to uh, spend too long on uh, yesterday. <laughs> no, I but think we should. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, we'll, we will get on to that, I promise. Uh, just another wee thing to tell you about as well. We are doing Soccer FM live uh, with myself and Ray Bradshaw. There's going to be guests as well. It's Sunday, the 26th of March. It's all part of the Glasgow Comedy Festival. It's at Liberty in Glasgow. So, so, as I say, Sunday 26th of March, it's the day that Scotland plays Slovenia. So, if you fancy uh, a double dose of sort of horrendous action, come and see <laughs> us in the afternoon and then go and see Scotland at night. You can get your tickets from the Glasgow Comedy Festival website. And uh, also, yeah, there's a wee link on our Twitter page as well, which again is at Scott Soccer FM. So, listen, let's get right into it. Uh, yesterday at uh, the Premiership, uh, there was loads of games on, weren't there? So, uh, we'll start with the early game, which was Motherwell versus Hearts. Uh, and it ended up 3 0 to Hearts. Ian Cathro's on a good we run now, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, that's you know after obviously the, the Rangers result and stuff like that, they're absolutely flying. Yeah, um, you know I think the sending off possibly helped them. What did um, you think? Yeah, um, <clears throat> obviously uh, it's going to change the course of the game. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. But I think we Hearts' confidence coming for the Rangers game as well, it's just compounded it, and yeah. you know we can see. I think it was obviously a, a comfortable one in the end. Yeah, and uh, Ismael Goncalves uh, getting a couple of goals as well. You ever come up against him? He seems to be a bit of a live wire. Um, I'm trying to think, possibly um, when he was in the, was in the uh, championship. Yeah, I, think. I, uh, I probably did actually, um, but nothing that I can you know recall. Yeah, um, probably probably played too well that he didn't. Yeah, play, <laughs> too much in the game. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, as you say, uh, off the back of that Rangers result during the week, there was obviously loads of pressure on Ian Castro mm-hmm. uh, building up, and then we've got the Hibs game next week as well yeah. in Scottish Cup, and he seems to have turned it round over these past. Yeah, few there was a lot of questions asked, you know, when he kind of first came into his job and stuff like that. And, yeah, um, he seems to be you know answering those questions now, and, and fair play to him, you know. It, it doesn't. Uh, have you had any dealings with him? Have you ever met? Him? I haven't. No, no, don't know him at all. Um, you know, because I know he was up. He was obviously up at Dundee United, so mm-hmm. I bet he probably would have been about twelve at that point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I probably seen him there. I was there for about thirty years. Yeah. So. <laughs> Aye, so he, he does seem to have turned that around. So fair play to him. And uh, as I say, big game against Hibs next week in the Scottish mm-hmm. Cup. Elsewhere, yesterday in the Premiership, it was Aberdeen two, Partick Thistle. So that means yeah. Aberdeen are second in the league now, jump mm-hmm. up, jumping up above Rangers, I should say. Uh, Aberdeen have just got such a strong squad don't they yeah they're, you know they're absolutely fire just now and you know I think the past couple of season uh, Del McInnes and, and Tony Dock have done a, a, an outstanding job up there yeah um, you know as you say year on year they've built on the squad um, added players and, and made them uh, better every year and 
you know, I think maybe when Rangers came back into the league, people might have wrote them off a wee bit, but they're yeah. showing that they're still going uh, going strong and another great result yesterday. And you played with Derek McInnes at Dundee United. Did they yeah. always have the sort of makings of a manager? Do you think that was he's always going to be his role? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, playing with him at Dundee United, there was a captain there and stuff like that, and you could see that you know potential um, straight away. Yeah. Um, and then when I came back up from England, uh, it was obviously my gaffer at St Johnston. So Fair enough, yeah. You know, seeing you know the way he trained and the way you know things were set up, uh, you could see that it was going to go going to be uh, better and bigger things. So no, they're, they're doing a great job up there. Yeah, and also it seems to be that Aberdeen just love a manager who takes a good tan as well. Yeah. So having <laughs> Jimmy was Coldwell. there Sunday. That yeah, exactly. So uh, listen, doing really well there. He's up in his second uh, level on points for Rangers, but do have a game in hand. And look at yeah. that goal difference as well. It's the first yeah. thing I've noticed this. Aberdeen have a plus 20 goal difference. Yeah. Rangers plus six. Can you remember yeah. ever Rangers having a goal difference like that? Nah, see, I know that's that's obviously the thing that, you know, a lot of Rangers fans are probably worrying about. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of uh, difference in goals that they're, they're not scoring um, compared to, you know, obviously the past few seasons they'll probably get away with, you know, in the Aye. lower leagues and stuff like that. But um, now they're coming up against a tougher test. But, you know, it's just fair play to Aberdeen again. You know, mm-hmm. they're absolutely, they're kicking on massively um, and showing that, you know, they're going from strength to strength. Absolutely. Uh, we will get on the Rangers in just a wee second. couple other results in the bottom six yesterday. Both ended up in draws. It was Hamilton 1, Kilmarnock 1 and Inverness 2, Dundee 2. It looked like curtains for Richie Ford at half-time yesterday. Obviously, mm-hmm. you were involved in the, uh, you were sort of like at the, another game yesterday, yeah. so you wouldn't have known maybe, mm-hmm. but 2-0 uh, down at half-time. Got it back to 2-2. That could be a, a real turning point in the season for him. Absolutely, and you know your boy Mackay coming up and yep. uh, scoring straight away. So he's he's hit the ground running straight away, um, which will be massive for Inverness. They'll be relying on his goals uh, in the up and coming games. So especially you know, after getting <coughs> a wee bit of spanking during the week for Hamilton as well, three yes. 0 it was. Yeah, right, it's a, it's a great um, obviously thing to come back in. And you know the way the game went, you know you're probably thinking, oh mm-hmm. no, you know two 0 at half time stuff like that. And, um, the way they've come back in it so it probably feels like a, an actual uh, a win to them you know yeah, getting, totally. getting the kind of later goals and see stuff. from a player's point of view if you're, if you're 2-0 up it, I always think it's like as a fan watching I'm always still a wee bit nervous when it's 2-0 yes. yeah. is, is it the same for a player because yeah. it's the next goal is just so important the Absolutely. next goal if you get it kills the game and if yeah. they get it they're right back in it. yeah well just you know as you say you, you can uh, even if the first half you've absolutely cruised it you know you could yeah. have been 3 or 4 nil up it doesn't matter you know, the other team's going to obviously get a, you know, a kick in at half time, and they'll come out, you know, with, with a bit of reaction. So it's always a difficult result um, getting into the second half because, as you say, the next goal is massively important. So, you know, as you see, you know, Inverness get get back in on the fifty three minutes, and mm-hmm. it, it made a difference, um, and obviously put Dundee on the back foot. Um, and fair play to them, you know, yeah. showing that bit of desire to get back into the game. I mean, just looking at the table, it's tight as anything. Motherwell, 24 points in sixth place. Mm-hmm. And then Inverness, bottom of the table in 18. That's only two yeah. wins, which is yeah. nothing, isn't it? No, absolutely. You know, and it's probably not been like that for a few years. I th- um, you know, I... where somebody at this point is maybe kind of hanging off the end, um, you know, and, and kind of you're, you're maybe saying to yourself, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to kind of head towards uh, relegation. But... You know, it's it's very tight, and as you say, a couple of results could you know switch you around three or four places. Hamilton won, uh, Kilmarnock won, as I mentioned there. What are you making uh, of the goings on at Kilmarnock? Obviously, there's a, a lot of players coming and going. Mm-hmm. I reading in the paper this morning, Jamie McDonald, a guy mm-hmm. you've played with, yep. looks to be heading out the door there. He's not happy with the uh, the new loan keeper that's coming from Newcastle. Right. It seems to be a bit harsh uh, yeah. on Jamie McDonald. Every time I've seen him, I've been very impressed with Jamie. Aye, Jamie's and, uh, Jamie's an outstanding goalkeeper. And I think he's done really well for Kilmarnock. So, you know, I think he, he might have a, uh, 
<clears throat> you know, a fair point and, and being a bit aggrieved, you know, somebody yeah. else coming in and replacing them and stuff like that. But, you know, that's football and, and it's how, how you can kind of deal with that sort of thing. And you're right, they have been signing a few players. I know uh, the boy Carl Osborne has signed for them as well, mm-hmm. uh, played with him down in England. So he'll be a good addition to them as well. Um, you know, but uh, again, for the past kind of year or two, I think it's been quite an unsettled club for, for one reason or another. Absolutely. And I think Jimmy McDonald won't be short of offers if he does want to leave. I think there'll be yeah. a few teams after yeah, him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, no problem at all. Uh, Rangers, as we mentioned there, uh, drew against Ross County. And my stat of the day, I mentioned that last week on the show, I've actually had it confirmed now, Ross County have never lost to Rangers in the league. Is that right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there we go. Them, there you so go. that's uh, pre twenty twelve and post twenty twelve. Right. Ross County okay. have never lost to uh, mm-hmm. Rangers in the league. I think they've only played each other twice. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> well, it may be three uh, times now. Actually, I think it's three times because they've uh, drawn all the games this season. Right. Okay. Yeah. So fair play. You know, Jim McIntyre and stuff. Yeah. Like that. It's uh, it's a really good start to have in a sense. But you know, I think uh, obviously Rangers just now. You know, you would have expected a big reaction coming off the, the result yeah. um, against Hearts and stuff like that. But Ross County have obviously went there with a decent game plan. Getting the, the early goal as well settles you a bit and, you know, um, it makes Rangers commit a wee bit more. Um, and some teams are better soaking up that pressure and maybe hitting on the break and stuff like that. But, you know, they did get back into the, the game later on, but um, also just a bit too late to, to get the win. Yeah, and Jim McIntyre, another player uh, that you played with back in yeah. his playing days. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he got his big break at Dunfermline. He was just sort of right place, right time, I guess. Uh, did he have the sort of qualities you would expect to go on and become a yeah, manager? Yeah, I, I definitely actually uh, travelled up to uh, Dundee United with him and Billy Dodd. So okay. um, there was they two and me and Mark Kerr. So they were like <laughs> the two old guys, you know what I mean? Used to give them pelters every day and stuff like that. It's but... Billy Dodd's birthday today, by the oh, way. That, I, 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 don't ask me how I know that. About 64. Yeah. Or <laughs> I saw yeah. on Twitter earlier. But yeah, yeah so you travelled up to uh, yeah, Dundee. Yeah, so. Um, so definitely picked up a lot of experience for the two of them, you know, not just Maka, but um, Dodgy as well. And you could see, you know, at that point, um, an experienced pro and stuff like that, and passing mm-hmm. on uh, a lot of information and stuff like that. And uh, I think it was just a kind of general progression uh, to go into coaching and stuff like that. And, you know, you can see, you know, he's, he's done a done a steady job at Ross County, um, made them a, a good established club um, in the top league now. So... Yeah, I'm sure that will just continue. Yeah, managed to get that League Cup as well, which is obviously mm-hmm. fantastic ah, yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah. And uh, listen, <coughs> let's let's talk about Mark Borbitton's Rangers team. You played against them last mm-hmm. season, beat them twice yeah. at the Falkirk Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the feeling I get when watching Rangers, I think they're quite predictable and easy to play against if you get your tactics right. Yeah, I would I would back that up as well. At times um, when we played against them, we knew exactly how they're going to play. You know, back when it was kind of John Daly, Chris Boyd and stuff like that, you knew it was kind of going to go to the fullback and then a diagonal towards one of them and then looking mm-hmm. for a flick off. And, you know, as you say, if you're set up right, then you can deal with that. And, and a lot of the times we did deal with it. Um, we were, at that point, very good at soaking up the pressure, as I spoke about, and hitting them on the break. Um, you know, Rangers at that point were, as well, a lot of times they committed a lot of players forward. So if you could defend and, you know, and don't get me wrong, you had to have a bit of luck uh, yeah. at times as well. But, you know, you could obviously hit them on a counter-attack. Um, and as you say, we had a couple of great results against them. Um, and I think <clears throat> I think over the past few years, along with Celtic as well, the kind of fear factors went. You yeah. know, I think looking at Celtic, the way they're playing just now, that possibly might be coming back again. But you used to go into a game against them and, you know, you'd look at the first 20 minutes, just get yourself through the first 20 minutes. If you know if they hadn't scored, then you're doing all right. And yeah. then you can build on that, build on the next 10, then start looking at half-time. But, you know, the past couple of years when they were in the champion stuff like that, we, we played against them, 
it was all about you know us taking the game to them as well. You mm-hmm. know, not having that fear factor of just soaking up the pressure all through the game. You know, you need to, you need to obviously take the game to them. And at times they couldn't handle that, and that's obviously how we get we get a couple of results. Yeah, Mark Warburton uh, under a bit of pressure is so obviously after that Hearts defeat during yep. the week, and then do you, do you think he's a, a dead man walking? Do you think he'll be away yep. possibly <laughs> at the end of the season? I, obviously, I think you know there's got to be a wee bit of realism here as well. You know, I think Rangers are still in kind of transformation mode. Mm-hmm. I think you know they've still you know they've went through the leagues and stuff like that, and uh, obviously coming into top league, there's been a, a massive expectation change, but. I think there's still what, maybe another year before they're going to proper, you know, kind of contest with Celtic um, at the top of the league. Should, should it take the, that long though? Because the the amount of money that Rangers are spending, even compared yeah. to Aberdeen and Hearts, mm-hmm. they really should be yeah, squishing it in second yeah. at least. Nah, I see. I take a point. I know that. Yep. Um, and that's exactly where the Rangers fans will be. At. You know, yeah. they'll be thinking, well, wait a minute, we're spending fortunes here. We're bringing in big players. You know, it should be happening right here, right now, sort of thing. But. You know, indoors sometimes it doesn't work like that. You yeah. know, it can take time for for different players to gel with their uh, teammates and stuff like that. Even get into different systems or different ways of playing that the manager wants to look at and stuff like that. And and obviously just the fact of how big a club it is. Yeah. You know, sometimes you know different players have come from bigger clubs or kind of you know lower clubs and can't deal with the pressure in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's a different combination of things, but. He is, you know, he is obviously under pressure just now and there's a lot of heat on him, so... Yeah. Well, you, we, we spoke about Celtic there as well. Uh, that game rounded off the Premiership weekend today, earlier on. It was uh, St. Johnson 2, Celtic wow. 5. Uh, you, you came in earlier on, you didn't see the game and you were like, did no. it finish 2-2? And I went, I, no. <laughs> no, just, obviously, what a, what a turnaround, you know. Yeah. And it just, again, goes to show the kind of reign of form they're on just now. Uh, your man Dembele coming back in, you know, mm. after being injured and stuff for like that, and just you fancy playing against him? You know, I would like it, I yeah. <laughs> just to see how bad I was. Yeah, <laughs> no, but you know, players like that when they're in that sort of form, yes, you want to play against them, you want to kind of test yourself. But mm-hmm. you know, he's just unstoppable just now. Um, you know, and and obviously all the chat about him being done at Chelsea or that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, you know, there is going to be a, a, a bit of interest in him. Um, but you know, what a signing for Celtic. One of the big talking points was uh, the penalty that led to mm-hmm. Celtic's equaliser to make it 2-2. It was never a penalty. Craig Thompson was <laughs> right. at a very okay. strange angle to give it and ended uh-huh. up giving the penalty. Uh, I mean, what do you make of the... I've, I've went on various rants uh, yeah. on this podcast about the standard referee and Willie Collin was our referee yesterday. I'll get to that in a second. So, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that he did anything massively wrong, but is there ever any referees that you look at that when the appointment's come out you think oh shit we've got this guy this right. weekend no possibly yes because without maybe, naming names obviously no you know when you maybe look at previous games where they've refereed and mm-hmm. they maybe gave a decision against you or you know whatever it might be now it's, I'm not hanging out you know any referees here I'm not, yeah. not going to hang them out to dry but you know it's a tough job they've got you know yeah. I mean? and, and don't get me wrong sometimes when you're watching the game it looks so blatantly obvious that they should be given a different decision now it's a split second they've got and they yeah. obviously rely on their, their kind of second and third uh, linesman and stuff like that and you know that is a tough decision you know I'm not going to I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of jagging my sitting on the fence a wee bit here yeah. but, um, but I don't get me wrong this the consistency thing I think is, I is think tough. that's the most you know, annoying because, thing for fans and obviously one week for you players can go, you know a really good referee who lets the game run you know and obviously the, the you know each game is very different you know yeah. different things happen but you know if you can just get a wee bit more consistency that's that would be you know just different decisions whether it be sending offs penalties 
you know, people diving, whatever it might be, um, you know, that that would definitely help, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously Craig Thompson is the, the top referee in the country, yeah. the top rated referee, and Willie Collum, you mentioned yesterday, uh, my assessment of his, his performance, there wasn't anything sort of, it wasn't a dirty game, there, there wasn't nah. a booking in the game, nah. but uh-huh. there was so many fouls given, yeah. there's just no flow at the game, and as a player, that must be so it frustrating, could, yes, you, you can't get anything going. Yeah, absolutely, you need that in the game, you know, you need that to get any sort of pressure put onto the, the opposite team, and obviously they're looking to do the same, but... Um, you know, I would agree with you. I don't think it was a dirty game yesterday. Obviously, it being a derby game and stuff like that, you know, he's maybe went early doors and just kind of try to set a marker saying, yeah. you know, this isn't going to happen sort of thing. But as the game goes on, you know, that's where I think it should maybe just flow a wee bit. And, you know, you've got to accept sometimes, you know, uh, some some harder challenges and stuff like that. And I think there's too much of that coming out of the game now. Yeah. Um, where you can't, you know, can't Spoken lay like a, a true centre. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where you can't lay a, you know, a good tackle or a, yeah. you know, a strong header or a, you know, a strong challenge um, with it, you know. And it comes, again, from different players as well. You know, some players like that sort of thing. They like to go in a good hard 50-50. Mm-hmm. Other players, you know, they'll play on the fact that they'll see you coming and they'll play for a foul, so to speak. Um, that's obviously the way the game's changing, but... Um, yeah, I'd like to see it kind of flow a wee bit more and a bit more kind of aggression allowed. Yeah, absolutely. And Celtic's march towards the title continue, and uh, they're going to win the title in March. But at this rate, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I was at the the Hearts game last week where they ended up winning four 0 yeah. They just seem to have such a strength and depth. I mean, obviously Dembele came off came off the bench today. Mm-hmm. Griffiths is well, God knows what's going on with Griffiths at the moment. But uh, I mean, it just shows you the strength that they've got that yeah. they can leave out. Griffiths, Griffiths and Dembele from the aye. start and then still win quite comfortably. Aye, absolutely. And, you don't and that's it. And by the way, against the St. Johnson team who are who are doing really well yes. consistently. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, decisions change games, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sure St. Johnson will be absolutely raging about the, the penalty decision. Um, yeah. But again, Celtic take the opportunity, you know, and, and possibly take advantage of that penalty decision. Maybe it was still playing in St. Johnson players' minds yeah. and they've kind of, you know, kicked on. Um, and get the, the kind of goal to take the lead um, yeah. and then just kind of basically kind of compounded them yeah collapse you know collapse I mean? and then obviously mm-hmm. uh, very comfortable for Celtic and then so we'll never know what would happen if the penalty <laughs> wasn't given so they might have gone on in 1-5-2 anyway so uh, listen anyway we will talk about the championship uh, we mentioned it there it was Falkirk 2 Dunfermline now uh, we spoke about a bit off air and it was just uh, Dunfermline didn't turn up the manager said after the game Alan Johnson yeah. probably the worst performance of the season yep. uh, just not very good uh, and you said that you weren't expecting such a poor performance obviously from no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, being a, a derby and stuff like that, you still expect, you know, a bit of fight, you know, a bit of, you know, aggression as we're talking about, you know, kind of stuff that probably the fans are expecting as well, yeah. not in a, a right good battle, you know, and sometimes the, the quality of uh, play can sometimes be taken away because of that, but, you know, that's what a derby is all about. But I, I was, you know, as you say, I was a bit disappointed in uh, the filming yesterday because although we played really well and we've done the simple things really well you know uh, Dunfermline never kind of uh, came in came much uh, much else for that so you know it was, it was disappointing in that fact but obviously we are delighted to get the, the three points so yeah and a good result for that she up to uh, third now above mm-hmm. uh, Morton in the league I think on goals yeah. scored mm-hmm. uh, Morton that's because they got beat uh, they got beat 3-0 a cracking result for Queen of the South who yeah. I think have had an absolutely fantastic January and they're pushing uh, right up into fifth place now six points by Morton they've played a couple of games more um, you played Queen of the South uh, not that long ago and I yeah. believe it was a tight game wasn't it? Yeah I um, you know what I mean to go down to Queen's is, is always a tough game mm-hmm. um, you know you're kind of getting against them and you know, at times when we played them, it kind of went, you know, it could have went either way. Um, 
again, seeing seeing them beat three, uh, Morton three 0 it's not surprising down yeah. there. Um, you know, and I think Morton have been a a decent run of form, and I think it was going to happen at some point. Um, you know, they've maybe I don't know if they're missing any players or stuff like that, but um, you know, it's a great result for Queens. Um, and as you see, you know, kind of looking at the table, there's not much between kind of fifth and nine sort of position. Yeah. Um, maybe eight. Sorry, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, the, uh, let's not concentrate too much on <laughs> on where we are on the table. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's again, it's it's one of them same as you know, looking at the kind of Premiership. You know, two or three games, um, two or three results can switch you maybe two or three places. Yeah. Um. So it's still kind of tight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, talking to teams who are struggling at the moment, Wraith Rovers, uh, another defeat last night. They yeah. haven't won since October. 3-0 mm-hmm. uh, it was to Dundee United. And all of a sudden, uh, we'll get to Wraith Rovers in just a wee second, actually. But is is the title race back on now? Because that's six points that Dundee United are behind. Hibs, yeah. You've played against both teams this season. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to come out on top? I think, obviously, looking at the, the, the way it's set just now, Hibs are, you know, the most consistent, I yeah. think, uh, in their performances and stuff like that. We've played Dundee United a couple of times and obviously beat them at our place um, and they beat us 1-0 up at their place. And, that, you know, I didn't feel there was anything in any of the games. Um, Hibs as well. I think Hibs are a, a different side from last year. Uh, last year, there were there was a lot more ball play with them. You know, they, they kind of, sometimes you had to give up a lot more possession against mm-hmm. them. Whereas this year, they're a bit, a bit more direct. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, at the end of the day, they're getting results. Um, but you know, United will be looking at that and thinking to themselves, you know, absolutely. You know, I don't know when they play each other coming up soon. Um, I think it's up at uh, Tanada, so it'll be the yeah. next game, yeah. So they'll be looking at that and you know, kind of looking to uh, take another, you know, hold of them um, and try and get themselves back into it. Yeah, and Hibs uh, could only draw uh, against uh, Air United at home yesterday, which means Air United are unbeaten at Easter Road yes, this season because uh, they won the game earlier on in the season. Yeah. Air have been on a pretty shocking run, so that uh, mm-hmm. result sort of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, uh, and possibly that's that's why it did. You yeah. know, if you know, Hibs might have been looking at it and thinking, uh, you know, three, kind of three points and stuff like that. But in saying that, you know, obviously with the previous result against them, they know they would, must have known that it would have been an easy game for them. Um, but fair play to United, know you they've went there probably with a, a decent game plan, um, you know, and, and stood strong. Uh, unfortunately not to get the win you know but um, you know they couldn't hold it can I just ask you as well like uh, I don't know you you haven't played part time football but in terms of the championship we've got Ayr uh, we've got Dumbarton who are part time the rest of the teams are full time does it make a real big difference at that level I think it can do yeah you know obviously if uh, even in the training side, it you know some teams, uh, United and stuff like that. I'm not sure if they train every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas obviously Hibs and you know the other full time clubs are training every day, and I'm pretty sure that takes effect when it comes to the games. Yeah. You know, latter latter stages of the games, if it's been a pretty tough game, then that's going to take effect. Um, and the the kind of I would say the full time club is always going to kind of come out on top in fitness levels. Yeah, well, uh, St Mirren didn't come out on top yesterday against the Barn. It was 2-2, <laughs> no. uh, but really a draws are no use for St Mirren at this stage, are no, they? No, absolutely. They need they need three points every week just now. Um, you know, and it's it's a bit baffling, to be fair, to be honest, you know, because I think the, you know, some of the players have got there and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, you know, it's just not happening and I don't know, I don't know where it's going to turn for them. Um, yeah. They've obviously signed a couple of decent players and stuff like that. Um, I know Boyd Rory, Rory Loy, obviously it was at Earth. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's he's just all about goals and that's what they need just now, you know. But again, you know, they've got a bad combination of maybe no scoring enough goals and obviously letting them in at the, the other end. Have you ever been in that situation where 
things are just you know you've got, you, you look around the dressing room and you think oh well he's a good player he's a mm-hmm. decent player but it's just not happening yeah I absolutely had a couple of kind of relegation battles up at Dundee United when I was of course there. yeah um, you know and, and again looking a bit and I was a bit younger at the time but still you know playing every week and stuff like that but at the same time thinking you know, you players like Charlie Miller and stuff like that, and you mm-hmm. know, you're just thinking, how how can we be in this position? But you know, we were, and at that point, it just you know, our main thing was just being really, really hard to beat, being a right nasty team, and it was kind of Alex Smith and stuff like that that got us that way and made us, you know, just made it, you know, a, a point that we do not get beat, um, and that you know, luckily, uh, seen us safe. And sometimes I think St. Mern they're still a bit too open, um, and they don't have that kind of proper nasty side to them yet, and you know. It could, uh, it could hamper them at the yeah, end of the season. Absolutely, they're struggling uh, big time. Still seven points behind Air and Air, four points behind Wraith Rovers, who we mentioned are dropping like an absolute stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's uh, certainly a bit of unrest in terms of the fans with Gary Locke. Uh, I was on Pine Broadville last night and they don't seem to be very happy at the moment, but mm-hmm. it's understandable if you haven't won since October. Yeah, I will. You know, they started so well, you know, at the beginning of the season and stuff like that, and there was a lot of talk about them. You know, definitely going to be in the playoffs and mm-hmm. stuff like that because it started so well. But they're not, they're not a big kind of downward spiral now. Um, and again, you know, where does it come? Where does that result come from? Yeah. Um, you know, the one that's going to turn it round from at this point in time, I, I'm not sure where it's going to come from. Absolutely. Let's drop down into League One now. Uh, there was a few big games yesterday, none bigger than Aloha versus Livingston. It was first versus second, and it ended up a 2 2 draw, which unbelievably, and I had to double check this, I saw somebody tweeting about this, uh, that's Livingston's first draw of the season. Is that right? Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> so I, I couldn't, I, I was like, surely that's not right. And then I went, and it, it's their first draw of the season. Yeah, well, fair play to them. You you know what I mean? They're, they're um, you know they're doing well at the top of the league, um, and you would kind of expect that. You know, I think a lot of people expected them and and Alloa to go down and yeah. you know basically kind of do um, what they're doing. Fair play, to Airdrie. You know they're up there hanging in with them um, and kind of and giving a good account of themselves. But I think uh, over the course of the season, Livingston are going to be too strong yeah. for the for the rest of it. It looks like that. They're, t- they're ten points mm-hmm. clear with a game in hand, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Airdrie getting a cracking result at home to Peter Hedge yesterday. There's yep. been a bit bit of upheaval at Airdrie over the course of the season, and uh, I think is it Mark Wilson who's in charge now. I yes. think you're right in saying, and uh, Gordon DL sort of kicking about and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, second place in the league, so ten points behind Livingston and Aloha uh, dropping down in a third. Uh, Brecon uh, managed a two-all draw against Steny yesterday. Uh, Stennis Muir have actually been on a decent run because they were rock bottom for a while yeah. and we've mentioned this uh, a few times on the show in the past few weeks Stranraer they did win 3-0 yesterday and it was a big result for them because they've been having an absolute nightmare it's, yeah. uh, they've got their new manager in charge Brian Reid has obviously departed but they ne- they were nearly in the championship yeah, last yeah, season yeah what a turnaround you know and uh, it's good to see them get that result it's, I've played down there a couple of times in the, the cup games and yeah. stuff like that and it's a tough place to go um, it's good to see you know one of my mates Stevie Bell getting a, a goal again um, yeah. he's had a, a tough couple of years um, through injury and stuff like that it's good to see him back uh, fighting fit and scoring goals again yeah absolutely uh, Stephen Bell was at Dunfermline and I always, always feel yeah, sorry aye, for Stephen absolutely. Bell it was uh, he played against Mort- we were playing against Morton and I think he snapped his Achilles right. aye, and aye, he'd been really having an absolutely time. great season mm-hmm. up until then he'd signed for Sterling Albion so he was right, back yep. doing full time football aye. for the first time in a while and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I always think that it, what might have been for Stephen yeah, Bell aye. Aye, he was a great player very um, talented 
Aye, and just unfortunate with the with the injuries and stuff like that. Can I fail at the game? And he's done extremely well to get yourself fat again and yeah. and back playing at that, that level. Yeah, elsewhere uh, yesterday it was Queens Park two, East five two. So it's bunching up nicely in League One, just mm-hmm. outside the playoffs. You've got Brecon in thirty two, East five thirty one, uh, Queens Park thirty one as well. What a job Gus McPherson's doing uh, yeah. at Hamden as well, mm-hmm. managing uh, obviously an amateur side. Yeah, there. I, I know. I, I know a couple of boys down there. Uh, big Ryan McGeever that, that left us. Um, big centre half down there. He's doing really well. How does it? How does it work? Like, do they get paid or like? How, I, th- I think it's maybe just expenses and stuff like that. Right. Um, I okay. don't think there's any actual wages or anything. Like that. I might be wrong. I don't know if there's um, uh, one bonuses or anything that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But um, you know, obviously, a lot of the boys rely on their their own jobs for their, yeah. their pay and stuff like that. There. Down in League Two, then it was a win for our bro. It wasn't a win for our bro. It was a win for Forfar in the Angus Derby. I mean, uh, that's a big one uh, up yes. there in that neck yeah. of the woods, isn't it? And mm-hmm. Dick Campbell, obviously in charge of our bro. Forfar, his old team, uh, probably feel a wee bit of Greaves getting sacked there last season. But it was Forfar who came out on top, and it looks like Forfar are heading towards the title. Yeah, I, they're romping away with just now, aren't they? And they're uh, a good rain of form as well. Um, as you say, it's a big result as well because it's a. Uh, a derby up that way um, and it's a tough place to go yeah absolutely and uh, we, we've spoken about Dick Campbell a few times in the show uh, he'll probably somehow manage to get his way out of the division he always does he always <laughs> wins promotions doesn't he Ah, absolutely you know he's been been around forever um, you know what I mean and you can see what a job he's doing up there he's obviously got the boys playing really well mm-hmm. really tough to, to play against I'm sure as well we've been up there a couple of times um, you know pre-season whatever and even at that point you see the kind of structure that's going on around about the club and that so you know, it's a great job he's doing and, and I can't see anybody really kind of catching him. Yeah, uh, Berwick 4, it was Annan 1, so well, that's a derby as well, result, I guess. Aye. Yeah, that's yep. a derby down that neck of the woods. And uh, elsewhere, Edinburgh City now, Clyde now, and Stirling Albion 1, uh, Montrose 2. So that's Dave McKay who's in charge at Stirling Albion. Albion, yep, I played him at St Johnson, aye. So unfortunate not to get a win there. Um, but I think they've been doing, I think he's done all right since he went in there. Um, you know what I mean, and hopefully, uh, hopefully there is there is also pick up a wee bit because obviously they're hanging about down near the bottom and stuff like that, and that's not what you'll be wanting. Yeah, absolutely. And Count Beath uh, versus Elgin was postponed. I hope mm-hmm. to God that Elgin hadn't made the journey down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that must have been. A <laughs> I mean, have you ever been in that situation where you've you've got to a ground maybe far away, Inverness or Ross County yep. or whatever, right. and it's been called off? Well, Inverness uh, probably been the only one. Um, we're about kind of three quarters of the way up um, when I was at St Johnson. Twice I think it happened Actually about three quarters of the way up And we knew You know as we left the stadium at Perth The snow was kind of You know four or five inches deep And you're thinking This is never going to be on Yeah um, But of course you've still got to go And, and make the make the travel And then uh, And then you get a phone call And you've got to Got to about turning You know what I mean Then you're uh, your full day's wasted and obviously it's a rearranged game probably on a Tuesday night up there yeah absolutely either. not much fun either listen uh, we will move on and uh, Stephen Mill and Dave McCracken here you uh, here with you on Soccer FM because Ray Bradshaw is in Australia and it's certainly not snowing down there I would imagine uh, Ray how are you my friend hi guys how are you yeah not too bad uh, listen so this is uh, you're coming to the end of your time in Australia but you got a couple of weeks left you've been there for three weeks now how how is it are you, are you burnt to a crisp you look like a piece of bacon uh, yeah not too bad I stupidly went swimming in an outdoor pool yesterday so that was a world of pain yeah uh, so not so good uh, and uh, the other day I managed to get locked in my own house 
so it's the closer I've ever felt to being in cell block H. Yeah, so it's and been nice, man. I don't know if you've uh, caught up with the Ross McCormack story uh, that's been happening here over the past week or so. Did you hear about this? I have. Uh, yeah. so what was it? He got caught behind his own gate. Yeah, his electric gates uh, didn't work um, uh-huh. and he couldn't get out of his house. And I actually heard him speaking and he did verify the story. Like, uh-huh. it, it, it wasn't bullshit. Oh, I've got uh, a problem every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Aye, but that's because you grew up in Pullman Prison. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so listen, uh, besides getting sort of locked out of your house, uh, any other adventures with Scottish football and figures from the past? Uh, I kind of, so yesterday, because the way my gigs work, I wanted to go see some football, so I ended up going to a women's league game yesterday, the semi-final. Okay. Um, the, stand, the standard was alright, but I did feature, like, African Nations Cup level of goalkeeping. Oh, right. And okay. uh, <laughs> one of the best no, own goals I've ever seen. Alright, Tom Cowell. The own goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there's a ball coming into the box, like, uh, on the ground. And the girl goes to clear it and somehow slices it, chips her own keeper, and it just goes in slow motion beautifully. And then yesterday was a Melbourne derby. I don't know if you saw Tim Cahill getting sent off before he got onto the pitch. Uh, I missed that one, sadly, yeah. It's amazing you don't cover the Melbourne derby. Yeah, I know, I know. So what what happened? Did he just go mental on the sidelines? What happened? No, he's about to get subbed on, and then their player, a guy called Berisha, scores a goal. One of the players calls him a gypsy. Um, so Tim Cahill starts arguing with his own manager and then the linesman and he gets sent off and then Tim Cahill just kind of walks casually away and hands his boots to someone in the crowd and it's like <laughs> this is a guy that could not be arsed getting an appearance bonus yeah well, I, I, to be fair I don't think he needs it Tim Cahill he's struggling for a 200 quid is he no I don't think so <laughs> no. and uh, you've got someone coming to your gig tonight as well I believe oh uh, yes my new best friend Stephen McGarry um, <laughs> football we're, friend we're just, uh, uh, yeah it's, <laughs> it's such as a football friend man. Uh, it was good I've got some uh no, it was good chatting to find out about uh, certain players from the past. Some of the things I won't be able to say because it will be libelous. Yeah. Um, but decent times, but also um, we are talking about Derby, so I was explaining to them about the show and I was telling them that last night at 2am I was incredibly drunk. Mm. But with the time difference here, that's like just after five. So I was standing in the middle of a da- busy dance floor checking the Dunfermline Falkirk score <laughs> so I could see what was happening for you two today. So let me first off uh, start by saying, Stephen, get it up here. <laughs> and uh, David, you obviously played a key role as I saw you not listed in the players no, or the sub. Yeah, I, so... I was one of the <laughs> supporters. I. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the water boy is massively underappreciated, so don't worry about that. Uh, how was it? Uh, well, from my point of view, absolutely shite. Uh, we, were, we, we were horribly bad uh, yesterday, just never got going at all. Uh, David probably has a different view. Um, I know, obviously, from your point of view, it was uh, a great result you know but um, we were talking earlier about the game and you know a, a wee bit disappointing uh, Dunfermline's performance just you know anything for a derby you'd expect you know a bit of grit and determination a bit of fight and, and stuff like that and that you know nah. for Dunfermline wasn't there for a change and um, you know although we played really well um, you know on the flip side Dunfermline were pretty poor but yep. um, you know deserved three points for us and um, kick on but you know shit day for Stephen I don't know if you saw the <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if you saw the Alan Johnson press conference when he said um, it was a real uh, blow for the Dunfermline team when they didn't see your name in the team sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Stevens? Yeah. Right? <laughs> keep it on yeah. the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, uh, David was meant to play in the Boxing Day fixture, uh, but actually got injured in the warm up, or as we call it, shat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ripped my tights, ripped my tights in the warm up. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, listen, Ray, uh, uh, we'll move on from uh, this anyway. We don't want to spend too much time walking, uh, talking about this. Uh, so, so listen, uh, have a good gig tonight and uh, we'll see you back in a couple of weeks. Cool. Have fun, guys. Enjoy it. So that was Ray there. He's in Australia. He's back in a couple of weeks' time. Probably should mention at this point uh, there won't be a podcast as such next week. Uh, we've got a special extended interview with Stephen McGarry, uh, who, which is going to be going out next week. And there's loads of interesting stuff in it. Uh, so we hope you enjoy that. Then the week after that, Ray's going to be back. Uh, so we'll be back to normal. So that's what's happening over the next couple of weeks or so. David, did you ever have a chance to go and play somewhere far flung or abroad? Or was it just down south? Um, well, around about the time when I did leave the United the, the year before, um, I was kind of uh, trying to get out. I'd been there a wee bit too long and uh, spoke with Craig Levine, um, who'd come in at the time. And, you know, I was I was looking at anything, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I did think at that point I needed to go to Scotland because my game was kind of festering a wee bit and uh, I wasn't really developing. So, you know, my first option was to go down to England. But a couple of things kind of popped up uh, in Sweden and uh, Holland. But again, nothing was concrete. It was a kind of case of, you know, you could go out here and, and trial and, you know, have a look about and stuff like that. And at the same time, uh, me and my wife were, uh, well, we just had a kid. So, right. you know, at that point, it wasn't really great to be taking the little one abroad and that kind of stuff. So, you know, opted to go down to England, um, you know, and, and probably, you know, I wish I'd been down there uh, a bit earlier, maybe maybe two or three years earlier, because um, yeah. it's a... Totally different setup, you know. There's a lot more teams, and you're coming up against different players uh, mm-hmm. every week. Whereas, obviously, because I'd played in Scotland so long, I was playing against the same players, and you know, I, as I said, not not developing as much. Why do you think Scottish players don't go abroad? Like generally, I mean, obviously, there's there's obviously a, a handful of players mm-hmm. that do end up sort of going and playing abroad and playing all over the shop, but. Yeah. Do you not think it would benefit sort of their careers and their ability sort yeah. of by going and playing and testing themselves against you yeah, know Dutch players absolutely. or Swedish? Yeah, I've, I've, you know some of the young boys and that kind of stuff that have uh, been with at clubs. I've I've encouraged them, you know, to try and look at a different setup. You know, whether it be down in England, whether it be um, abroad. But again, sometimes it can come down to the financial factor. You know, yeah. is there any point? You know, going abroad for the same money or less money? Sometimes, um, sometimes it's just a bit more comfortable. You maybe. Players maybe get a set up here with their house, car, you know, family, maybe a, a young child or whatever it might be, and it's comfortable. You know, mm. it's fine enough. They're playing every week or they're involved every week, and you know, why would I, why would I think about going, you know, to a different country and maybe messing that up? So well, that actually brings me on. I was going to ask you about Tony Gallagher. He's the sort of next big thing coming through at Falkirk. Yeah. He came on yesterday. He did play in the Boxing Day match yep. uh, against Dunfermline. Uh, how how good is he? Obviously, he's been linked yeah. with you know my night and Barcelona and all the rest of it. First yeah. of all, is there any truth in that? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> I couldn't comment on that. I'm not. Obviously, that's privilege. So, so how how good is he then? But he is, he is extremely good. You know, he still, he, God, he still goes to school on a Thursday afternoon. Wow. Uh, you know what I mean? So we don't see him. You know I mean? So that's how young he is. Um, but, you know, he obviously gets a, a right bit of stick. You know what I mean? There's uh, there's enough boys in the changing room that keep him grounded anyway. Yeah. Um, so all the kind of chat that's going on, you know, uh, he gets he gets stick for it rather than kind of 
you know, letting him, uh, you know, kind of disappear and think, oh, you know, what a player I am sort of thing. So, and he's not that type of boy anyway. You know, he's really down to earth and stuff like that. And I think he's got a, a really good grounding with the family around a bit and stuff like that. So, um, but he is an extremely good player. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very composed on the ball, a really good defender. And uh, and he's very quick, you know. And, and I think the position he's playing, you know, kind of left back, it's one of the, you know, positions where you're either outstanding or you're you know or you're, yeah. you're very bang average sort of thing and, and, and the wee man's uh, outstanding to be fair and you know what I think it'll do him well to be at Falkirk for maybe another season or two or whatever you know but um, you know he came in for a, for a number of games there um, and probably wasn't great because they were, they were kind of formed up a wee bit mm-hmm. and it could have possibly affected his game as well which ain't good you know for him I think at this level it's good if he was coming in and, and the kind of team was going well and uh, you know I think that's why the, the gaffer kind of took him back out again just so it didn't hamper him too much um, but no he's got a big big future ahead of him uh, you know as I say I think um, the club will look to hold on to him just to progress him a wee bit more um, but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that it's going to be that long before he disappears to someone else. Well, listen, I've got a task for you, uh, David, because the only problem is he is a left back, as you mentioned, but we've got Kieran Tierney, we've got Andy Robertson. Yeah. Like, could you not make him into a left winger or something? Like, please. Because, I mean, we've we've already got decent left backs. Or is he a centre half in a making? No, he's he's not that that sort of build or structure, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, he's... He's very forward thinking as well, so absolutely he could play left midfield, not yeah. as an out and out winger, but um, you know it does it <laughs> does bring a a very good defensive mind to it as well. Yeah, um, I mean, so, like it's just unfortunate we seem to have like just a conveyor belt just, of decent aye, left backs coming absolutely. through bizarrely. Aye. Like you know, I was uh, I was mentioned I was at the Celtic Hearts game last week and Kieran Tierney was absolutely yeah, outstanding. Aye, he's on fire, like now, especially uh, since he came back, he was out yeah, for a while injury then. Absolutely, just kind of slotted straight back. And in he's there. what eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds. After that, I mean, it's mm. just it's incredible. And then obviously Andy Robertson just turned down a ten million pound no, move. I was going to say that I, it's just. <laughs> You know, it's a hard position to be in, isn't it? But, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it, I think it. Uh, I think it. You know, it pays dividends to kind of what's happening in Scottish football as well. But you know, and we are kind of we are seeing the uh, players well, coming through. It's, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was uh, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, I do the the press on a Thursday uh, with Don Fairman and Alan Johnson. We we were, I can't remember what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Something random, and he mentioned that in 1996, uh, Scotland under twenty ones got to the semi finals of the European Championships, right? right? And they were playing Spain in the semi final. They got beat one 0 and another semi final was France versus Italy. Now he, he told me some of the players, and I went and double checked this because I mean I mean some people talk shit, <laughs> but <laughs> but. Cannavaro was playing for Italy, right. you know, Totti came on and scored two goals in the semi-final, Del Vecchio was playing, and they were playing against France that included Patrick Vieira, who got sent off, yep. Pires, Wiltord, Makaleli was playing, yeah. and then in the Spain team, Mendieta, De La Peña, Raul, Morientes, <laughs> right, it was 1-0 to Spain, I, I, I don't know who scored the goal, but he was telling me all this and he was like, do you know who the best player on the pitch was, and he was Scottish, and you mentioned him earlier, it was Charlie Miller. Yeah, I, he said. Right. He said it was in Spain, and Charlie Miller was at like you know this De La Pena was playing with you know Barcelona at the yeah, time. Right. I was just breaking at the Barcelona team, yep. but he said hands down, all the scouts were talking about Charlie Miller after the game. Right. What? what? <laughs> I, I know I, what happened. Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, you have to wonder because that they would have been what nineteen, twenty years old. Right. I think Alan Johnson then got a move to France and went and played in France right. after that. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
But Charlie Miller obviously had a decent career, aye. but at that point it looked like he had his pick of teams in yeah, Europe to aye. sign for. Aye, and I've heard this story so many times, and, and even speaking to Charlie as well, obviously playing with him at Dundee United, you could see that, you know, yeah. at times he, he was just running the game himself, you know, absolutely, you know, t- controlling everything, um, and, it, and it's just unfortunate that it never kind of happened. You know, I don't know whether... You know, I never get the right opportunities at Rangers or stuff like that, or you know, kind of get mixed in with the, the wrong circles or whatever. But you know, it's unfortunate for for himself and, and kind of Scottish football that he never, uh, never done as well as he could. I mean, especially with stories like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, in the in the Scotland team as well, it was guys like Simon Donnelly who obviously had a decent career. Stephen Presley, Jackie McNamara had a great career. He was yeah. playing as well, and even Alan Johnston himself played in Premier League and stuff. Yeah. But. Why Why do Scottish players only reach I say only It's still a decent mm-hmm. level yeah. Reach that level Where you've got guys like That they're playing against Like Raul yeah. Yeah. Ends up sort of like An absolute superstar yeah. Well maybe uh, that That's maybe where The kind of development thing uh, Has to be looked at Rather yeah. than at a younger age You know As in kind of 14, 15, 16 stuff um, Maybe looking at the kind of 20, 21 ages mm-hmm. You know Are players still development Or Are they then thought of As a first team player you know, yeah. they're going into Premier League clubs or first division clubs and they're, because they're playing every week, there's not a kind of reliance on it kind of keep teaching them as much or kind of, you know, showing them uh, what they should be learning. But, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a really good question. I'm not sure how to answer it, but... Yeah, you know, I, I think we could talk all day about how to answer ah, yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, just, you know, you look at the, the big, you know, difference as you're talking about how players, you know, that were in the France team or in the yeah. Italy team and they, they go for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 million... Um, whereas you know our players are kind of you know maybe going for a few million at the most yeah. um, and stuff like that and you know is it the I don't know is it even just the culture thing that you know because they play with France that it's, you know they're kind of looked at as a better player rather mm. than being a Scottish player so to yeah. speak. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess um, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know, but hopefully, hopefully, Tony Gallagher is one of these guys that come through yeah, and uh, prove it wrong, and he's, he'll be captain in Barcelona one day, I'm sure. So, listen, <laughs> this is Soccer FM with me, Stephen Mill, and David McCracken. Yes, it's time for another Where Are They Now? And unfortunately for me, I know exactly where this guy is because uh, he scored a goal yesterday, set up the other one, but he's also played with Aberdeen, he's played with Dundee United, he's played with Hearts, Kilmarnock, he's played with Middlesbrough, and he joins us on the line now. Lee Miller, how you doing, my friend? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah. Good morning, Lee. How you doing, mate? All right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's almost like I couldn't have planned this any worse. I've got David here, obviously Falkirk, and you who scored yesterday and uh, set up the first goal. Uh, you must have been delighted with your performance yesterday. No, it was great. Uh, for, our, for our team performance, it was it was tremendous to get the the three points. But it was a real team team performance at the end of the day and I thought we, we thoroughly deserved the three points Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just not enjoying, <laughs> enjoying tongue today with it all but, oh, but listen, hey, as you're right it was a thoroughly deserved win I can't have any complaints but listen, we'll get back to that in a wee second I want to talk about your career though obviously uh, this is a feature how, long's, how long's your show? Yeah <laughs> oh, Listen, uh, I was looking obviously through uh, your career and you started at Falkirk and uh, so, so listen First of all, tell us how that came about. Did you have a choice of clubs to go to when you were that age? What happened? Um, well, I, I kind of started with Falkirk maybe under fourteens. Uh, played, still played my boys' club team, um, wish a boys' club, and trained every Friday night with Falkirk, and then kind of came through the ranks there. Um, 
got a YTS contract with a professional, uh, a two-year professional with it, mm-hmm. and um, it was Ian McIntyre that brought me through through that, and um, Alec Totten was my, my first manager. Wow. Um, <laughs> so he's obviously still at the club, and he still strikes fear into me just now. Um, and I'm 33 years old, and I was only for 17, 18 coming through, and he was probably the hardest manager. Yeah, um, out a lot that I've, I've played under. Give um, us an example then of what was he like? Was well, he like sort of Jim McLean he's, mental? He's the same kind that he's in the same. He's cut for the same cloth as um, Alec, Ferdig- Alec Ferguson, and so he's, he's just his hair dryer was <laughs> on point. <laughs> I remember one story actually. I remember one story. We come in, I think we've got beat two now um, at home, and he's come in. And he's had a right good shout and swearing at a few boys, and he's come in and kicked. The old wooden uh, treatment tables, and as he's kicked it, he's obviously really hurt himself. So <laughs> as he's kicked it, he's like, fucking this, you're fucking that, and then he's hobbled into the the toilet area. <laughs> and every one of us are like, you know the way your shoulders go and you're buckled, but you can't let out your laugh. We all think, oh shit, we can beat two now here. He's injured himself while screaming at us. And he came back out and obviously kind of kind of calmed down a wee bit and went in to see the physio afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, Alex Dotton, a complete legend at Falkirk. Oh, uh, absolutely. absolutely. D- uh, David, I probably should bring you in at this point as well. Uh, first of all, thoughts on Alex Dotton, and secondly, right. do you remember playing against Lee when he was coming through? Uh, well, when you're talking about Tots here, I, I find that surprising because he's obviously you know changed oh, his mood. He's a you know, totally you different guy. Aye, That's how people are saying bluesy and some of the young boys and that, and I say. He still strikes fear into me, and they're like, yeah. "Really?" I'm yeah. like, "Oh no, you don't know." No, that's I know that's what I mean. He's so laid back, just that, how you doing? That's it, blah blah blah. But no, that's that's yep. surprising. But I mean, you're talking about uh, playing against Lee and stuff like that. Not so much at Falkirk, to be yeah. fair. More in uh, different clubs. Uh, when he was at Aberdeen and stuff like that, um, I was still at Dundee United, whatever. But um, Falkirk, no. No, yeah. I can't, I can't well, listen, but we'll get onto Where that. Where would you have been? Where would you have been when I was at uh, Dundee United, to be fair, I would have been. Uh, so, I mean, I've never came across. No. Yeah, so, so, so listen, we'll get to you playing against each other because uh, I would imagine that would have been quite a, a physical battle. That's <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good. But, I mean, first of all, we, you ended up signing for Bristol City Lee. Uh, yes. Going down south uh, How did that move come about? Because I believe there was a number of teams in for you in Scotland as well Yeah there was uh, There was a couple in Scotland There was a couple down south But the way it happened It was, it was a case of We obviously won the league at a canter um, And our club obviously Falkirk never get promoted yeah. Because our stadium wasn't up to criteria And I thought oh, Started losing players We weren't going to be the same team as we are going to be As we won the league Losing players, losing quality players, weren't really placing them. I thought it's, it's probably time for me to move on here. There was a bit of interest, and um, at the time it was Bristol City and Wigan um, were in the running for it. And I went down to Bristol City, met the manager, met all the staff and things, and they'd seen me play. Um, whereas Wigan hadn't seen me play, it was Paul Jewell at the time mm-hmm. was a manager, and he was just going um, for what people were saying, kind of thing. So. A case of them down there, everything was great at Bristol, lovely place, showing about the place, and everything felt right. So, it, maybe it, when I think back at it, maybe I should have gave Wigan the opportunity to speak to. Um, but I never had already made my mind up when I went down there. I was going Lee, to was there talk about Celtic and stuff like that when I'm at that time? Um, no. no, not so much that time. That was no. more when I came up. Oh, was that later on? Right. Aye, uh-huh. that's when I came up on Heart, uh, on Monty Hearts, and there was talk for. 
I've always been linked with, with Rangers, but that was the first time I kind of got linked with Celtic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably Rangers' best unsigned player. <laughs> <laughs> every, tran- every transfer window is linked with Rangers. Uh, it's not a bad thing, mate. It's not a bad thing. I know, I know, I know, so... Well, listen. Uh, it obviously, didn't you, you didn't set a header light down there at Bristol? Why? Why didn't it work out? Um, well, first season I, I played a good, probably first half of the season. Um, I was young. I was still young and learning my trade. Thought I was kind of invincible, kind of thing. Went down, scored a few goals, done well, and then kind of every young player as you get into the first team, you kind of have a lull. Um, and I had my lull and kind of couldn't get back into it, and it was frustrating. And then obviously. Beating the playoff final, mm-hmm. um, and that was that. Next season, the manager gets sacked. Next season, new manager comes in, wants his own players in, and I was one of the ones he didn't obviously want at the club. So I thought, you know, I need to go and play. So I come up, I come up to Hearts on loan, and it's probably my best spell that I've ever had. Oh, um, is that just like a new yeah, lease of life then? After all the oh, Bristol City games and goals, and just mm-hmm. a, a pure freedom. Uh, John Robertson took us up there, and just you know what, go and express yourself. We know what you can do. Go and Shows what you can do. I tell you uh, what, playing, uh, playing under a manager like John Robertson, who himself was obviously a fantastic striker as well, you must have learned a few exactly things. I, well, I wasn't shy. It wasn't shy in telling you, like, um, <laughs> as long as you thought that's only like four hundred odd and eighty nine or something. <laughs> so it wasn't shy. It wasn't shy in telling you, but no, it was it was great to work under actually. Just like go, he's done some team shape, but he was just basically go out and play, go and express yourself, go and show us what you can do, and that's what he'd done at the time. We were a yeah. decent side. Makes you more relaxed as a player that as well, doesn't it? You don't it feel does, as much pressure. I, it does, definitely. Obviously, you do need your structure and your, um, your shape and different things. But see if you've been told, look, just go out and express yourself, play with your freedom. It's a lot of pressure taking off your yourself. Right. Was uh, Romanov in charge of hearts at that time? Romanov was just taken over at right. that kind of point. So w- w- was there any sort of uh, sign of the mentalness that was to come? Yes, uh, well... <laughs> Every, every second day was a bounce match against a whole squad of Lithuanians. Right. To be honest, and it was like Scotland the Brave against all these Lithuanians <laughs> trying to kick them off the park. So they never got because they're trying to take our obviously our position. You're like it's yeah. mental. It was mental. It was mental the way it, the way it unfolded in there at, at that time. Um, but I actually spoke to somebody last night, a Hearts fan. They were saying, "Why did you not sign us um, years ago?" And I was like, "I didn't really get the opportunity to sign." Because um, there was a new chief executive come in, Rovanov had, had all these people in place, and he basically said, you've got till five o'clock to sign this contract, which is X amount, which is nowhere near what I was looking for. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't one of the kids that were coming up and looking for extortionate amounts. I just wanted what everybody else was kind of mm-hmm. on. And I knew kind of roughly what people were on. I thought, you know what, I, I should be getting, I've done well, I feel as if I've done well, I, I deserve this kind of contract and they're like no you've got this contract and you've got five o'clock to sign it it's off the table nah, well that, that's right you put yourself in it you know what I mean you've only got a few hours to getting that look at a contract in your face you're thinking mm-hmm. what fuck what am I going to do here <laughs> and I knew there was other people interested and I thought you know what I'll, I'll hold I can't do it so right. well one of those teams obviously was Dundee United and that's where your two uh, paths crossed yep, I guess right. so you, you got any <laughs> sort of David you got any recollections of Lee coming in 
Oh, I absolutely. Not point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go there. I didn't want to go that personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, well, at it, it Dundee United, obviously, I'd been there a few years and uh, you know seen off a few managers and stuff like that. And, um, I think it was it was Ian McCall at the time, wasn't it? Was it Ian that signed? Uh, no, it no. wasn't. Oh no, it was. Oh, was it Chizzy? Was it? Aye, right, okay. Yep. Aye. Yep. So there's that many. There's that many. Yeah, yeah. But um, oh, aye, again, you know, every year at United seemed to be an overload of new players and you know mm-hmm. other ones, you know. Um, so Lee was obviously part of that, and I think was uh, did we Kerzo come up at that point? Or was that the Kerzo year before? Was already there. He was already right. there. Uh, the year before, so Paul um, and Samuel was there as well, wasn't he? Aye, aye. So I knew right. I knew Kerzo, mm-hmm. Samuel, and obviously. Doc and Chizzy were there, who I went, worked under at Falkirk. So I thought, you know what, it'd be good to go up there. I know what they're all about. Um, I know what the train will be like. I know what um, the banter will be like. So it was it was good to that point of view. And we were in Europe as well. Aye, we that's right. Through, through the yep. cup final on that. So they, were, they had a chance at Europe. So that was a big selling point for me. Mm-hmm. Aye, no, it was, and it was, like, I think, uh, for me, and seeing you sign and stuff like that, it was definitely like a, a kind of progression. You know what I mean? Like a big signing and stuff like that. How well you'd done done at Bristol and whatever and how well you'd done at uh, Falkirk before and stuff like that so it was definitely a good thing coming in but then it went tits yeah. up didn't it you know what I mean so. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no but I think I like, big, big Chizzy and that found it we'd had a, 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 quite a young squad at that point didn't we but mm-hmm. to be yeah. fair and, uh, but then seeing that we'd, we'd Dale, Dale McInnes we'd Stills we'd mm-hmm. Jim McIntyre Archie we'd right, so, have a so we didn't have a young squad <laughs> <laughs> nice young full of shit best of them uh, were young we were young at that point the rest is the, old, the older ones um, were probably more immature than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, so, yeah. you, you had the, the season at Dundee United and then you moved on to Aberdeen and uh-huh. uh, yeah. you, there must have been a few highlights for your time there. Uh, I'm, Aberdeen was great, yeah. To, playing against, uh, uh, playing in the Europa League must have been fantastic. What was it like uh, playing under Jimmy Caldwell? Obviously, I've got uh, sort of fond memories of him at Dunfermline. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what was, how did you... Oh, it, was a, it was a character, absolutely brilliant. I've actually... <laughs> A good story about signing there. I was literally uh, my ten-year-old. He was what six days old. So it was the last day of the transfer window, and um, Brewster just wanted rid of me. Uh, wanted his out. I don't know. We just clashed. Personality crashed, and wanted rid. So I phoned my agent, spoke to him, said, "Listen, need him out. Uh, I want rid of him. I want to get another player in, whatever." So I got a phone call from my agent saying, "Listen, Jimmy Caldwell's been on the phone. He wants you up and to sign." Basically, I was like. What? Uh, Alright, okay. So this was the last day of the transfer window. I don't know, I think it was about nine o'clock at night. So I've said to the wife, listen, uh, probably going to Aberdeen here um, if you want to come up. Packed <laughs> 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 so, pack the car up, put the wee man in, six days old. Drove up. I was still young. I never I hadn't really been up to Aberdeen, obviously to play, but you don't drive up there. You go on the bus. <laughs> so I never had a clue where I was going. Right? <laughs> You never had sat in having that time, I'm did you? Well, do you know what? I can't even remember. Do you know that? <laughs> I didn't even know if sat in that time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I got up there, got up to the stadium, uh, I don't know, 10, half 10, 11, and then I'm, I've got into the kind of office meeting people and that. And, like, and Jimmy Caldwell wasn't there, he was, he was in Magaluf. <laughs> so, got him, Talking up got his tan. I've got him on the, on the phone, on loudspeaker. Oh, Lee, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me there, Matt. Everything all right? Everything all right? I said, aye, brilliant, aye. Where are you? <laughs> but 
Oh, I'm in Magaluf. I just don't need to be there to shine you. I know what you're talking about. This is mad. This is day one. I thought, oh my God. This What's is happening here? Aye. Mental, but oh, it, was, it was great. It was a, it was a roller coaster ride up there and it was it was great to be involved in it. And Jimmy Caldwood and Jimmy Nicholas as well. The two of them, without one another, uh, I don't know what they've been like. The two yeah. of them together were incredible. Incredible mm-hmm. partnership. And li- and listen, uh, obviously I mentioned uh, playing in the Europa League there. Uh, am I right uh, in saying uh, you played in the Bayern Munich game and scored? Am I right in saying that? Uh, if you want to say that, we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong then, aye. So li- listen, but playing so in I Europe... Played, I played in uh, Bayern Munich, yeah, I never scored, but we played, uh, we drew two each at home and we get beat from 5-1. Yeah. 5-1 uh, away from home. So. It's still what an opportunity. <laughs> it was great. It? Brilliant oh, playing oh, against that level of team. The run up, the run up to it was like... We played Atletico Madrid away, Panathinaikos away. Um, so we played Copenhagen. We beat them 4-0 at home. Is probably one of the highlights. Obviously, yeah. it brought us through into the kind of knockout stages mm-hmm. again to face Bayern Munich. It was unbelievable. This, I didn't realise before I went to Aberdeen, I knew it was a big club. Mm-hmm. But until you got up there and you play and you, you're meeting the fans every day, it's like I didn't realise how big a club it was. It's huge. Uh-huh. It's an absolute... Massive, massive club, and uh, it's a sleeping giant. And not, obviously now it's coming out how big they are. They're actually uh, up yeah. there, challenge. Especially with that running Europe, that would have brought everybody yeah. out the town as well. You know what I mean? And of course, of course, the town was was absolutely buzzing. And obviously, uh, years after that, and they would go and win the cup. And you see the crowds that are turning out, and the the streets of Aberdeen was was incredible. It was unbelievable to watch. And during that time as well, you got a few call-ups to the Scotland squad as well, and you got three caps, and then... Um, who were your caps against? It was Japan, uh, Argentina... Two against Japan and one Argentina, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> two against <laughs> Japan, that must have been <laughs> bizarre. But you managed to win the, the Kirin Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I think I only played two minutes, two yeah. and a half minutes or something like that, but hey, I've got a medal for it. <laughs> yeah, so and obviously playing against Argentina, I think George Burley was the manager at that time as well. I mean, uh-huh. it, it must have been incredible playing against some of the talents that Argentina had playing that night at Hamden. It was, um, it was Mar- I think it was Maradona's first game in charge. Yeah, I mean, actually, so it was a kind of a weird one. It was a momentous occasion, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I played. I played. It was the second half. The full second half. I played and done all right, um, but. They were they were quality. I think Tevez played, uh, Di Michele's played, and it was it was it was class. It was great to be involved in. Really mm-hmm. good to be involved in. Um, I should have scored that. I should have scored the header. Yeah. Even better, but hey, <laughs> these things happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, and back to your club career, you ended up going back down to Middlesbrough. It was a sort of big money move. Uh-huh. And did you see that as a sort of second chance to go and prove yourself down south? Well. A club like Middlesbrough comes in for you. I don't think you can you can turn it down. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Gordon Strachan was trying to set up his own squad down there. He was taking a lot of the Scottish boys, and he seen me as as part of that. Um, it was a great opportunity for myself, which didn't really work out as planned. I went down there, played the first game, done well, was left out the next one, and I wasn't used to that. Being at Aberdeen, I, I played basically every game, mm. um, which probably I didn't appreciate at the time. But um, I was going out. I was training every day and knowing I was going to play, um, and then going down there playing the first game, thinking brilliant. I've got off to a great start here. And then the next game, I was left out. I was on the bench. Game after that, I think I was up the stand. I was like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I think he was bringing another player. Scotty McDonald came down. There was Chris Killen played. 
Um, and at that time, I thought, hmm, this is this is weird. I don't understand. And then the longer it went on, I, I played a few games. I think I only made a handful of appearances, uh, starts, which was frustrating because I was training so well and I knew within myself, why are you not getting a chance here? Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I, I don't know. Hard to adapt to, it? You know what I mean? Especially uh, if, you uh, see it, if you're playing every week, you're training yeah. every week, and you know you're playing, it brings an extra level of confidence into it. But it does, if you're unsure I, whether you're playing or you're in the stand or you're a sub, you yeah. know, it affects your training day to day. Nothing more frustrating when you know you're training all all day, every day, leading up to a game, you know you're not going to be involved. Mm-hmm. I think, what's, what's the point here? What yeah. am I doing this for? What's the point in you being here? Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but. Um, it's just one of those things Sometimes it doesn't click at a club And that's unfortunately what happened to me yeah, A couple of loan spells as well And then you went to Carlisle uh, Where you spent yes, three uh, years at Carlisle You got fond memories there? Carlisle was great uh, Carlisle was really good First season I went there uh, We were challenging up to the playoffs um, Doing really well It was myself, Rory Loy and John Paul McGovern But the three flying Scotsmen <laughs> up front We played a 4 2 three. It was brilliant It was great uh, Really good the only thing about Carlisle was the was the away journey because I, I had moved back up to Scotland at the time, so I was just travelling down to Carlisle. It's only an hour and a half down the road. Yeah. But the away trips were getting in. I wasn't going to house till like two o'clock in the morning, sometimes, um, which is craziness. Uh, but there's a lot of travelling being at Carlisle. But we're up there challenging and played some good football first season. I got injured the last month of the season. Um, and with a few vital games coming up and that was a disappointing thing that I couldn't obviously finish the season and we just missed out in the kind of playoff positions which was annoying I'm trying to think Lee, was, uh, that, was that League 2 or League 1 you were in at that point that was uh, League 1 was it, I'm just trying to think if we like, came across each other again when I was doing at Wickham or no I remember playing no, against no we didn't I think BJP was still there um, but I, I can't remember if you uh, must have been away at that point a season before right I went there mm-hmm. and then stayed for another season after that. Uh, I think we only played against each other. My debut Just for Hearts against Dundee United at Tynecastle. Where I came on and scored with 1-3-2. Um, <laughs> <and then laughs> you slipped that in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I can't remember that, mate. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously against Dundee United, but... I don't think we ever played down south. For all we were down south mm-hmm. at the similar time, I don't think we played against each other. Well, listen, Lee, you ended up uh, back up the road. You had a season at Kilmarnock, and then obviously <laughs> you, you you've come back to where it all started for you, Falkirk. Mighty Bairns, eh? Yeah, Mighty exactly. Bairns. It was that. A, was that a sort of? Uh, are we sort of pulling the heartstrings there, coming back to Falkirk? Um, no, it was great. It was great to come back. Obviously, Mark here being there the first time I was there, um, and he was there. When I come back again, and like like you say, Alec Totten, there was loads of people behind the scenes that are still there when I was there before, like 14, 15 years ago. It's mental. It's crazy to think. Yeah, it was such a family-orientated club. Um, it was, I was delighted to come back. Absolutely Do you think it's, do you think it's changed much for the new stadium and stuff like that since you were there before? Uh, no, it's still got the same kind of atmosphere, people buzzing about. and um, It's a kind of... When you go up the stairs, you see see the older generation. It's a lot of them that are still there supporting the club. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and I still get people come up to me um, with pictures from years ago when we did win the league. <laughs> Your dodgy barnets. Oh my god! Some of the worst barnets in football. Oh, and the, sh- the 
show me pictures and it's, oh, this is me when I was four. And you want to I'm like, oh my God, man, what the hell have I done to my head? <laughs> well, listen, Lee, oh, uh, certainly watching you yesterday uh, against Dunfermline, as I said, getting the assist and the goal, uh, you seem to be really enjoying your football at the moment. Yeah, it's great. It is great. It's a great place to be around. Um, we've got a really good spirit within the dressing room and the managers go as firing all cylinders and hopefully that can start a good run now. Um, obviously, we had a great run last year and we're unlucky not to go up, um, but we're looking to do that this season. I think we've we've kind of hit the ground running now and hopefully we can mm-hmm. long yeah, make continue. Right. Well, a wee bit of a sticky patch a while ago, didn't we? But the past couple of games, obviously, <laughs> but then you got see, dropped. To, aye, aye, somehow, aye, can I coincide with me and no playing? But, yeah. Uh, not if I can do my selling here. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, I've said I've said loads of things. You know, I mean, it's it's important. The, the club's more important. The team's more important. And whoever's yeah. playing, as long as we're winning, you know, what I mean, in the past couple of games, I think we've been back at it. You know, as you're saying. Yeah. Let's hope we get a good run. It has. It's felt. It felt like we're back at it mm-hmm. again. The last couple of games, and hopefully we can. Kind of Continue that yeah. Well I hope you don't um, So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen uh, Finally Lee uh, We ask this to everyone uh, Who comes on You've obviously had a long And sort of varied career uh, So who's the best player You've played with And the best player You've played against We'll start uh, With the best player You've played against And as I said uh, Off air uh, David used a term That we can't <laughs> We can't broadcast Unfortunately <laughs> So if you could avoid Saying that That would be great Okay So who's the best player you um, played against the best player to play against. I quite I, I found Carlos Quelia. Is that how you say yeah. his name? Rangers. Well, Rangers yeah. Um, I found him difficult to play against. Uh, he was quick. He was decent in there, and he was he was good on the ball. Yeah. Um, like people ask me about Bobo Baldi, and uh, I always I played against him, but I loved playing against him because he never expected you to out jump him or beat mm-hmm. him in there. And see, when he did, he was a wee bit like, oh, fucking hell, he shouldn't be beating me here. Yeah, and he always, always, mm-hmm. yeah, I always could get fouls off him. Uh, which is great. Great part of your <laughs> game, by the way. That is my feature. That's my feature. <laughs> 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 well, listen, that's the best play you've played against, but what about playing with? Who, who's, the, who's the one yeah, that stands You can't include you? me in this, Leo. Yeah, he's oh, un- right. unfortunately. Oh, all right, okay, I've not to include him. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, I played when I was at Middlesbrough. I had a, a pleasure of playing with a, a guy called Hulu Larka, who was just out of this world. So left back. Ball. He played left back. He played left mid. Yeah. But on the ball, he's he just couldn't get the ball off him. He was so strong, and for being such such a high end player, he was so down to earth. He was in the gym every day. He battled the gym. He talked to you. He would give you advice, and just. An all-round good professional, really good professional, and it's um, it was just class. It was class in training on the games, and it was really good to be involved. Well, listen, Lee. Uh, thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, that's been great. Some great stories in there, and uh, I, I genuinely do wish you all the best for the rest of the season. There, uh, I hope you're banging a few oh, goals. Just, just not against Dunfermline. So, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Lee. Thanks very much, Pat. We'll speak to you again soon. Okay. Cheers, Lee. See you tomorrow. That's been good. Thanks very much. All right.
That was Lee Miller on Where Are They Now? Fogger striker obviously scoring yesterday and uh, setting up another goal as well. He's still alive and kicking and doing very well. And thanks very much, Lee, for joining us on the line. We'll have another Where Are They Now? in a couple of weeks' time. We'll have a special one next week, though, remember, uh, which is Stephen McGarry, who's down in Australia now. He's caught up with Ray Bradshaw. An absolutely fascinating interview. You want to listen to this one. Uh, that'll be going out next weekend. So make sure uh, you sign up to iTunes, register on iTunes, so you get the alert for that. And also on SoundCloud as well. Well, uh, but for now, let's look ahead to next week. Uh, there is plenty of fixtures uh, coming up over the next seven days uh, in the Ladbrokes Scottish Championship on Tuesday. Uh, Wraith Rovers versus Morton. Uh, so that is one of the games in hand there for Wraith Rovers. Uh, can they stop the rot there? We'll find out. That is the only midweek game uh, that's taking place uh, during the next seven days. And then next weekend, it's the Scottish Cup that takes centre stage. Who's got in the Scottish Cup, David? I mean like obviously I think there's been a lot of bad flack uh, for the cup competitions down south because there's no money in it compared with the Premier League yeah. but for teams like Falkirk and Dunfermline and yeah. uh, you know like sort of low, lower end teams in the Premier League as well it's a chance to get to a National Cup final absolutely aye and um, obviously you were in it a couple of years ago yeah. didn't, didn't end so well but yeah. it was still probably a great occasion aye of course absolutely you know everything that surrounds it um, is positive you know what I mean it's great for the club it's great for the players great for the fans you know it brings in money for the club Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can get to that position and you know as I say everything run about it even the whole occasion you know leading up to it um, is special and you know absolutely for some teams it's a a look away for the league you know you know if they're not doing too well Uh, for other teams it can be a distraction um, but no, you know it's it's great to be involved in, and you know unfortunately we're not. Yeah, well, I mean, you say that you say a team looking for a distraction from the league form, St Mirren. Uh, I've got East Fife, uh, which they'll be looking at as a very winnable tie, yes. and all of a sudden, uh-huh. after an absolute disaster of season, they're sitting. They could be in the quarter final of the cup. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm pretty sure St Mirren fans would rather it the other way. You know that yeah. the, the league form has gone well, but you know that could potentially be something that kickstarts you know something they could get a very good result there and take the confidence into their next league game and you know and get some vital points probably the most unfortunate thing about the Scottish Cup this season is that Celtic will really want to win it because it's going to be part of their treble they play Inverness Mm -hmm. uh, who obviously have history of uh, putting Celtic out of the Scottish Cup Mm -hmm. Um, but I I mean do you see it happening next weekend I I don't really fancy it in the form they're in just now I don't know especially you know um, Celtic being at home and stuff like that it, it, I don't think it's going to happen yeah. um, and they're just going to kick on again um, and as you say you know it's it's probably something that they're looking at this year that's very doable yeah um, you mentioned that there about uh, St Mirren and East Fife one of them being in the quarterfinals one of Ayr or Clyde are going to be in the quarterfinals as well so I mean it's it's a massive incentive for these yeah. teams isn't it yeah absolutely you know again on the money factor uh, for Clyde and stuff like that or Air United to get a a few more pennies in the, in the pockets absolutely brilliant but again for, for those players involved as well to get their sell into the next round is, is a massive thing yeah I mean getting in the quarterfinals you're 90 minutes away from playing at Hamden yes absolutely and that's you know that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of talking about the the thing that you know it's only 90 minutes yeah. um, it's not as if it's you know 10 games away or whatever like that kind of stuff it's, it's only 90 minutes away so They'll be, they'll be looking to get through that. It's Dunfermline versus Hamilton at East End Park. Uh, Dunfermline will have to significantly improve uh, from their performance yesterday. But, I mean, looking at that, out of all the teams that you want in the Premiership, Hamilton on mm-hmm. the worst side to get, and yeah. especially at East End as well. Yes, aye, the home home fixture always makes a difference, doesn't it? And, 
Um, you know, you would, you know, being a fan, you would be hoping for a, a good reaction after uh, yesterday's terrible result when yeah. they beat you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, absolutely. Um, you would look at that and think to yourself, well, you know, we've missed out in Celtic, we've missed out in kind of Aberdeen stuff yep. like that. You know, it's a it's a chance to possibly get into the next round. Absolutely, uh, Ross County versus Aberdeen. Uh, that's a tough one. There, it's going to be a close affair, I would imagine. Yeah. But Aberdeen will fancy their chances. Uh, it's just that they've uh, they've got that League Cup that obviously mm-hmm. they won a couple of years ago. But apart from that, it's still a starvation of trophies, and Aberdeen yeah. should be in and around the trophies, shouldn't they? Yeah, the the way they've you know been playing the past couple of years. Yep, you would expect them to be. Um, but again, it's a, it's a derby, and you know Ross County off. Off of their uh, kind of draw at Rangers as well. Yeah, you know they'll be full of confidence as well. So that that leads up to a good game. St Johnson versus Partick Thistle as well. Uh, another All Premiership tie. Uh, that concludes the matches on the Saturday. On the Sunday though, it's Rangers versus Morton uh, again. You know the form that Rangers are in. Morton will go into that with a bit of confidence. Yes, I obviously they took a bit of a beating yesterday. Yeah, um, but you know they'll still go there with all confidence because you know the form recently has been pretty good. Um, and obviously with a bit more pressure on Rangers then they'll be hoping to capitalise on that. And the big one, the tie of the round, obviously, yeah. is Hearts versus Hibs yeah. at Tynecastle next Sunday lunchtime. Uh, that's going to be an absolute cracker, that isn't will it? Be, uh, that'll be a, a great game. Um, obviously, Hibs absolutely flying just now at the top of the league. Um, you know, but in different performance yesterday, I think I heard, but yeah. um, with a 1-1 draw. But, you know, Hearts again, they're on fire. So, you know, Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't turn out one of them where you know it's a terrible game. Yeah, but you know the absolute opposite. But no, I'm sure that'll be uh, it'll be a great game and hopefully loads of goals. Well, I think lots of Hearts fans are still. Uh, I mean, Robbie Nielsen obviously did a fantastic job, but the one sort yeah. of blot in his copybook is the fact that Hibs beat them in the Scottish Cup last year, <laughs> yeah. and Hibs went on and won it. So uh, yeah, I think that's uh, they'll be looking to rectify that. But it's going to be a tight game, I would imagine. I think uh, obviously, yeah, and absolutely one of these games that you like to see uh, in Scottish. Yeah, it's been I, missing for absolutely. the past uh, couple of years at least yes. and uh, as much as I'd, I was I was reading earlier on I think it was Gordon Strachan was saying Hibs need to be back in the Premiership for Scottish football sake but that kind of annoys me because Hibs have had the chance to get back in yes, the Premiership sure. and yeah. just haven't been good enough yeah I, so you know and it, it just goes to show that it's not as easy as people think you yeah. know any club coming down into the Championship I think the Championship's been a great advert for Scottish football in the past kind of four or five year um, because of the you know the way it's been played, obviously Rangers coming into it, Hibs coming into it, mm-hmm. Dundee United, you know Hearts the way they kind of stormed the league and stuff like that. But you know it's a tough, tough league to get out in. You know any league is, but you know I think. Uh, I think the standard of the championships went went up uh, tenfold in the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are a few games uh, in the league next week. Uh, in the Premiership, there's a one match, Dundee uh, versus Kilmarnock. It seems to be all these matches are crucial in the bottom six. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. In the Championship, it's Falkirk uh, versus Dundee United. What are you expecting for the game next week, David? Well, it's, it's going to be a great game. You know, we come off uh, you know two uh, two good results and performances in the past couple of weeks. Um, obviously, United will be looking to claw that uh, kind of gap between them and Hibs, but you know we are ultimately trying to do the same with them. So you know, it'll be a big, uh, it'll be a big result, and you know, hopefully, we can come out on top with the with the result. Yeah, we uh, we played Dundee United last week. I've got any advice for you? Just boot Willow Flood, because <laughs> yeah. honestly, he just completely runs the show. Like, aye, he, no, like the wee man is a top player. And, aye, and it, you know, he'll be a kind of focal point, as you say, on our, on our stuff uh, going towards the game. So down in League One, uh, there's a few games on: uh, Brecon versus Airdrie, uh, Livingston versus Stranraer, and also Peterhead versus Albion Rovers. 
turnovers and Stenhouse Muir versus Queen's Park as well so it'll just be about Livingston maintaining that obviously top versus bottom yeah. they'll be fancying their chances in, in that match at home they will do yeah I will have a bit of kind of confidence coming off of their result yesterday but you know I think uh, as we've seen Livingston will, will kind of just go for strength to strength now and kind of batter on to the end of the season yeah absolutely and uh, is it, if you're if you're sort of like clear at the top of the league like Livingston are are you just wanting the title wrapped up so yeah. you can start planning for next season? Is yeah, that? absolutely. You know, and uh, I think the point they're at just now, they won't be kind of too worried about it. You know, they'll be thinking, you know, just see the games out, you know, just yeah. deal with each game as it comes um, and keep building on those uh, those points gap that they've got uh, between them and Erdry just now. You know, if it was a wee bit closer, you know, maybe only three or four points or something like that, then there might be a bit more pressure on them mm-hmm. and that might affect their performances. But no, I think they're just going to... Uh, take the confidence of where they're at just now and just uh, and breeze into the end of the season uh, League 2 Annan versus Edinburgh City we've got Forfar versus Elgin uh, Montrose are both another Angus Darby and uh, still in Albion uh, versus Berwick Rangers so that rounds up uh, the week that's happening in Scottish football over the next 7 days or so uh, thank you very much David for uh, joining me on the show hope you've enjoyed you. it ah, it's been brilliant aye. <laughs> uh, it's been really good especially because we pumped you just yeah I know well exactly <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it worked out this way like, in fact uh, Lee Miller was on as well unbelievable yeah. uh, but listen thank you very much indeed and as I said uh, we'll be back over the next couple of weeks with a couple of specials Stephen McGarry next week and also Ray Bradshaw will be making his return in a fortnight's time but thank you very much for listening hope you've enjoyed the show a special thanks to you David for guest hosting there's more thank on our Twitter you. at ScottSoccerFM on Facebook and on PineBovro.com get in touch there for a where are they now anything else you want to but for now it's goodbye from me Stephen Mill and you David McCracken goodbye this has been Soccer FM good luck to all your teams across the week and we will catch you next time. Next time.